welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange with Leander Young, where we dig into conversations with seasoned musicians to discuss their life, art, and the faith of jazz as they see it. In this episode, we interview a composer, arranger, and vocalist from Lagos, Nigeria, Doe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange. Today, we have Miss Dori with us. Ma'am, thank you for joining us. It means a lot. Thank you so much for having me. And ladies and gentlemen, this is another one of those situations where everything went wrong on my end. From her not getting the email, her getting me changing the time because I couldn't get here on time. And yeah. But we're going to do this show because she's a soldier. She's better than me. I said, let's reschedule this. So could you please... Introduce yourself to the people and we'll get into it. All right. Well, my name is Doye and I'm from Nigeria. That's all I can say. <laughs> okay. Which tribe, ma'am? Oh, what tribe? Well, I was born in Lagos, which is, um, you know, that's the Yoruba land. I do speak Yoruba. I do speak a little bit of Igbo, just a little bit. Um I grew up in Lagos. Um, um, you know, my family lived in Lagos. They still live in Lagos. I mean, what can I say? That's where I'm from. Okay. So when did you come over to the States? Oh, a while ago. I started off, you know, going to, to England. You know, I stayed there for some time. And then I decided to come to America and do music. And that's what I've been doing since then. Okay. Yeah. And what made you go from, what part of England attacks that? Well, London, of course. I mean, I do have families there. We have a family home there. So that was always somewhere that I always go to. So it's okay. nothing out of the ordinary. I lived in Manchester <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. So I make fun of it. <laughs> Did you like it? Ah, uh, yes and no. I, I, I'll be honest, and I know it's going to make people mad. The first time I went to Manchester, I was really disappointed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Why? The weather? No, not the even people? the weather. Well, the weather was a whole different thing because okay. everyone knew I was American right away because the first time uh -huh. it drizzled, who, who was the only idiot with an umbrella? <laughs> Me. Okay. okay. <laughs> But no, Manchester has this nice little cozy thing. I literally yes, warmed up yes. to it a lot. I did like it. <laughs> but yeah, it's yes. Nice. It's windy. Well, your album. Okay. Mm. I like it. I like oh. the beat section that you did. The percussion, the rhythm section. I like how you changed it. The only oh. thing I would say is why did you only do standards? Ah, uh, I'll tell you why. It's not that, you know, I started off um as a writer and I still write. I still write music. But firstly, when I started listening to jazz, it was standards, all standard that I listened to. And by the way, my dad introduced me to this thing called jazz. And so, you know, jazz standards were basically what I listened to. And I said to myself, okay, um, I'm gonna take a crack at it and do my very best to it. When you do this jazz standards, in my opinion, 
I think <laughs> um, they test you. They do test you. They test your capabilities. And I can write songs, whichever way I want to write it, and people would take it for what it is because it's my original. But when you do the standards, you really have to come through, you know, otherwise people are going to knock you down because these are songs that have been done so many times, again and again and again and again and again. And so you really want to intelligently do them. Not just like the guy before you or the guy that is coming after you. And so if at all anything, I think I take it as a challenge, you know. But, you know, people are talking and saying, oh, Doria, you know, are you going to do any originals? All right, I'll see what I can do. But the thing about that, <laughs> and I say it all the time on the podcast, it's like we're trying to move jazz forward. We're trying to leave the 40s. But everyone, listen to Cherokee. Cherokee is seriously like the second best arrangement I heard of that song. So I give you wow. that. But still, come on, we're trying to move it forward. Okay. Well, that's true. But, you know, these are the, um, what am I going to say? These are the, um, these are the testing grounds. You know, if you can do the songs and do them differently, but still maintain the authenticity of the sound and the song. Well, then you've really cracked it, you know. But it's not a bad idea to do originals. I, I, I myself, I'm thinking about it, you know. I think I've no, um, just do it next album. Proven. No, we want original stuff. Come on, come on. <laughs> you have the voice for it. Uh, you have the resume for it. And you know what? That's another thing that got me because I listened to your catalog, okay? I listen to your R&B stuff and we're going to ask about that. But so you could sing. Okay. So that's why I was really like, you're killing me here by doing standards. Well, you know, I would take that as a challenge, you know, to consider doing some originals, possibly on my next album. Yes. Because <laughs> my publicist said that the other day. Yep. Oh, yeah, you're going to do originals. Are you going to do originals? I'm like, oh, dear. Okay. All right. All right. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure your publicist was like, you're good. So why are you doing that? <laughs> okay. 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 Next That's thing. What is it? You're not going to pick on you on that all day. <laughs> I want to know how you started singing RB. Mm. And then you're going to tell me why you transferred into jazz. And I want the mm. real story. The real story. I want the 100% real story. Well, I'm always real. You know, I've always liked R&B, even though I started off with jazz, listening to jazz. I mean, jazz was like the main thing in the house. But my dad also played beautiful music like, uh, what's his name? He always used to play that guy. Uh, what song he sings? Barry, how can I forget his name? Metamore. Anyway, people. Barry Wu? Is it Barry Mandamore, the white guy that sings like. No, 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 no. But, you know, Marvin Gaye used to play Marvin Gaye, used to play um, Smokey Robinson, um, used to play even Bob Marley, um, Teddy Pindergrass. And they were very soulful, like very, very yeah. soulful. And I thought, wow, you know, it would be nice to do something like that, you know. And when I started singing, honestly, I was kind of 
afraid to go into jazz, like jazz, jazz. I was like, hmm, I don't know if they will accept me. I don't know if I have the sound for it. That's really what took me aback because I was like, I don't know if I'll be welcome in the arena, you know. So I started off doing R&B stuff. And I wrote all my R&B stuff too. And um, the guy that I was writing with, he was the first person that said, you know what, Doye, it would be nice if you really can go into jazz. But I just, you know, pushed it aside. And I think after my second album, I it's almost like my dad visited me again in spirit. He was like, you have to go do jazz. Uh, that was a stretch. And okay. so I decided, okay, I'm going to give it a crack. <laughs> and I've been here since then, you know. Okay. It's yeah. normally jazz artists try to get into the R&B world, not the opposite. But it's not that's the why, opposite. Yeah, that's yeah. why I was curious about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. And I really way, like R&B stuff. I like um. Was it Barry like White, by the way? Was it Barry, Barry White. Thank you. That's Good. It. Not Barry Gordon. With a heavy voice. Yes. You know. You know, he used to play him a lot, too. Uh, and I love that. I love the, the way they phrase their thing and all that. And I was like, hmm, I'll see if I can do something like that. And I, till this day, people still reach out to me for my um, R&B stuff, you know. Okay. But they also have known that I've moved on to jazz, you know. So they're following me. <laughs> so who were yeah. you writing for? Because you said you were writing with somebody. Oh, I was writing with um, a fella. His name is Terry Shattuck. He's the one that wrote that song, Physical, Physical, I Wanna Get Physical. Oliver Newton-John, Physical, like early 80s? Yeah, he wrote that song. Oh. Let's get into physical, let me hear Okay, that's good. That's cool. So I started writing with him. um, And I co-wrote all my... um, uh, R&B stuff with him. Mm-hmm. So he became like a musical father to me too. Yeah, because he's an older fella. I mean, I want to hear more about how you even met him because, you know, if I'm oh. correct, that song was a monster <laughs> hit. That's why I was like, it's still, you- it's still going, you know. Well, this is what happened. When I came out here, I said to myself, I wanted to study voice. So I went to a school up in Hollywood here called Musicians Institute uh, to study voice. And I was there studying voice and uh, the till end of graduation, one of my teachers um, approached me and said she wanted to introduce me to someone because she felt I have great potential. So she was the one that referred me to Terry Shattuck and then I met with Terry Shattuck, shook hands with him, and he said he really liked my attitude and he wanted to work with me. Then we started working together, you know, sitting together and writing songs. We wrote a lot of songs. Um, I think for the first album, we wrote over 50 songs. We used to meet every week. And then I decided to uh, put out an album titled Journey. I think we have 11 songs in that album. And then we went on to do a second song, a second album um, titled So Much Love. 
And after that, he was one of the people telling me, Doi, you need to go into jazz. You know, you have the sound for it. You have the attitude for it. I'm like, okay, I'll think about it. And I started remembering all the things my dad used to tell me about going to do jazz and all that. And I just um, took it upon myself to go for it. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Okay. What's the attitude of jazz? <laughs> ah, uh, being a teacher of life. Yeah, it's all about life with jazz. <laughs> You're trolling me. <laughs> jazz is a teacher. Okay, give me a better. Yeah. Come on, be, be real, me. You think it's being the teacher? No. Okay. Yes, I mean living life. It's. It's, it's it's very much tied to understanding um, jazz, the sound of jazz. Jazz is life. I agree with that. I mean, I do an episode like every week. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but for someone to say jazz is the story, like, I'm like, come on. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, what, what would your take be about that? I mean... Really, that's the way I look My at it. My take of it I is it's the ultimate freedom of music. Well, that's true. That's 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 another element to it. And that's another element why we don't sell. <laughs> why do you think we don't sell? Ma'am, come on. <laughs> I get the numbers every week, okay? I know how many albums everybody sells. We're not going to do that to people. But <laughs> My whole thing is like, I actually do want it to live. I want the next generation to actually want to listen to it. I would love mm-hmm. to hear it on the mainstream public radio when it's not mm-hmm. just Christmas time. So, yes, yes. I do care about it. However, there's a lot of like, I don't want to say third wall or fourth wall stuff <laughs> where I'm just like, is this person really thinking this or are they just saying what the public wants to hear? Oh, dear. Because <laughs> I told it many times. I'm like, one of the best ways to get a second date is not take her to a jazz club on the first date. Oh, dear. Why is that? Because it's going to bore them. Yes. It, this, Maybe it's the way they play in it. No, I just think once you step in the jazz club, there's smug all over the place. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I guess we need to step up. Yeah, I think we do. I mean, I, yeah. I can't take them to smalls because then they're sitting on like a bench, like an old <laughs> baseball game. I know. So I, I know. could go. I could go on the list of clubs like that, but that's why I'm asking. And then you always have that one elitist when the person says like, oh, is that a tenor saxophone? No, sweetie. Some random person that doesn't know her. That's an alto. You could tell by the, you know, the top. It's like, that's what I mean. What? Were they trying to school the people? Why? Know. Just let her enjoy the music and have yeah, a conversation with me. just let her enjoy the music. That's true. Very yes. true. And I you know, refuse be to be snob. I have yet to be, be in a jazz a club snob. where there's no snob. No smug. Nothing. It's not necessary. We need to change our attitude about that because we could push people away. Uh, you know? We're very we could, good at that. 
And that's not good because it's killing us. It's killing us. That's what I agree. Yeah, it's, you know, it should be um, a forum where we invite everybody. We shouldn't be a snob in any shape or form. I think we should be broad-minded. Uh, we should be open, you know, to invite people. And all of that comes with just not the plane, but the attitude, you know. So maybe that's something that the new generation need to take on, you know. And It's kind of a bridge, a weird gap, like I said, between the new generation <laughs> and the old generation. I mean, you lived in London. I did. There are people who flat out tell me off the air they don't consider a lot of that jazz. To be honest, I don't consider a lot of that jazz. It's Afrobeats with a saxophone on it. However, <laughs> it's selling more than what we're doing. So maybe we need to start considering it jazz. Investigating, yes. yeah, how we're doing things. Very true. Okay, it's like I put a funk band on the stage, change the instruments around, and people mm -hmm. are dancing and partying. But then we have this old school person who want, thinks, no, it's about a quartet playing in a little garbage little jazz cellar with, that holds eight people <laughs> and very intimate. Very intimate. Yes, yeah. where I made $20 the whole night. Now, do you agree on that? $15, $15. $12. And you got to tip out the bar. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the jazz world. That, I'm just, <laughs> but we, we do need to change because times are changing. Otherwise, we're going to keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And, you know, it shouldn't be that way. This is um, uh, a music and the sound that I've it's lasted its, its time in the world and keep going. And I think we need to involve in the way we look at it and the way we appreciate it and the way we um, welcome people to appreciate it. You know? That's why I, people like you, I have big hopes for, because hopefully you decide to go write something that could attract a bigger audience. That's but sometimes I could, you could write something and they'll be like, uh, that that's not jazz. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you know? if we could go on that, <laughs> it's going to be a rant episode, people. Cool. Okay, so what is it's Herbie Hancock's biggest hit? Rocket. Yep. How's that jazz? Mm, with a funk. I know. Love it, but is it really jazz? Not quite. I think Blue Note's best-selling album of all time is Nora Jones. Yeah. Yeah, so... Come away with me. Yeah, so that's, uh, okay. How do I say that in a nice <laughs> way without ticking off everybody? Blue Note, the label for jazz, the label for jazz's biggest hit. Nora Jones. <laughs> it's Nora Jones. Don't yeah. you think that's just weird? A folk album is our biggest that album. album. It's an outstanding album. album, though. I'm not knocking it, but is yeah. it jazz? I mean, it swept it's, the Grammys, but is it jazz? At least nine or eight or nine Grammys that album took home. Is it yeah. jazz though? Maybe it has a folk element to it, with maybe slight undertone. I, I don't know. I understand, <laughs> but then you got people who are going to say Robert Glasper is not jazz. But that's. Well, I think 
they consider him to be what, like R&B, jazz kind of a thing? No, I'm just saying, so what is jazz and what's the limit? What is jazz? Jazz is free. That's how I honestly see it. But if we're going to say it's XYZ way or the certain way, why are we not calling out Herbie Hancock, one of the biggest names of all time? The greatest, yeah. Okay. We're not calling out Noah Jones, who's probably Mm -hmm. selling more albums than everybody combined. Hmm. But we still isolate Robert Glasper because it wasn't until he won that Grammy, I believe, that he got on that downbeat started giving him attention. Which Grammy are you talking about? The last one? No, the In first the one R&B. for Black Arabian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I know this last time, I think he won for R and B something. But you get what I'm saying. I do. Okay. I understand. You know. But that's what cool, though. I, I mean, I still love your stuff. So <laughs> where do you think jazz would be in 10 years? I think what we're talking about, we need to evolve. We need to have an open mind. We need to really live up to the concept of a free, like a, a concept of jazz as free, you know, so we don't really put it in a box. Um, there are people that are going to always like traditional jazz, but there are people that are yearning to have this thing just go somewhere else you know go somewhere else and when i was thinking of doing this album this current album of mine that was what i was thinking about where can i go with this (laughs) instead of doing the basic i don't know uh, the basic thing which is you know go straight ahead and all that i wanted i was yearning to do something different you know, so we'll see how things flow with the with the jazz world. You know, I hope they are much more welcoming. I hope they are much more open um, um, to the different sounds that come under the umbrella of jazz. Well, what do you think? I think it die. You think it's dead? I think it's very close. I see it like. Uh... Expedition numbers, you get what I mean? Instead of X to the second, I say X to the minus second. So it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Yes. So what's your take about how we can fix this? My take of how From an audience to an artist. Okay, well, first of all, we need to acknowledge that people don't respect musicians anymore. Mm. A lot of school districts, at least where I'm at, I'm in New York City, Uh ma'am. They don't really teach music anymore. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we need to understand, it's a lot easier and quicker to become a rapper than it is to become just a singer. A jazz musician. No, we're not even going to say a jazz musician, just a normal vocalist. Mm. I find a beat on YouTube... Or I just find an old song, which they used to do all the time in the 90s, erase all the words, and I rap over it. I could have a song in a day. And it would be number one on Spotify. Well, Spotify is a whole other... (laughs) 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 We're not going to pick out the streaming services today, but yes. Amazon or wherever. (laughs) I have a love and a huge hate for them. All I'm just saying is that it's a necessary evil by where the music industry was going because no one buys music anymore. Mm. And people were downloading it left and right. Yep. 
So at least now they're getting $10 a month from somebody. Wow. $10. That's a lot. <laughs> me. You know how much I used to spend? Oh, a correction. How much my father used to spend on me a month when I was younger? Hmm. At least 180 Wow. Yeah. But he it's wanted me to stay that. interested because I was one of those kids who yes. was like, yeah, I'm quitting tomorrow. No, no, no. Go <laughs> listen to this stuff. Yes. Because <laughs> I was a horrible jazz student. I was just a horrible student for musicians. One day I got to bring one of my old teachers up here and all of you are just going to hear how bad I was. <laughs> You're making me to laugh. I'm not trying to. I'm just saying this is the reality of the field. It is the reality. It is. So just that one step. Another thing is, it's hard to promote a jazz group. Mm. It's too many variables. So if I have a rapper, because I talked about this with legit rappers that are mainstream, uh -huh. okay? All they need is a DJ. That's it, and a mic. Yes. So they travel with two people, mm -hmm. three suitcases, and they perform. Big time. Now, just a trio. <laughs> and we're assuming all three of you get along. Because <laughs> that's a whole lot. Of, it's three different personalities when you're on the road. It's crazy. So if I'm, out of, <laughs> if I'm in a band with, if I'm in a quintet, okay? <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm married to four other people as we go yeah. around the country. And we never know which one's going to be the ticking time bomb. Yep. Yes. It's it's rough. <laughs> and on top of that, how much are you bringing home? Well, that's why most the of these don't last. <laughs> <laughs> and no one buys albums anymore. I mean, like, no. My sister bought a car. It doesn't have a CD player in it. I'm not sure. You know, when you do judge, you do it for the passion, I guess. I mean, I guess. You're looking to make <laughs> some money out of it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we overglorify the old days because yeah. I had people who were on those legendary albums come on the show. And even they were less like, nah, it wasn't like that at all. Wow. No, yeah, so that's why I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what I should say, what is your ideal album if you didn't have a budget? If I can have a budget. Just an album that sounds great. Really. I don't Ooh. have to. Yeah. I give you a check for half a million dollars. What are you gonna do with it? That's that's a good that's amazing to, to have but you can have all of that and have all the big names in it and if it doesn't sound right well because it can sound awful it's not that you know it's you <clears throat> knowing having a great vision and and being able to do great work whether you have a hundred thousand or a million in doing the album um you know i don't look at it from that perspective, I have a million dollars. You can have a million dollars and you can have all the big names in it and it still wouldn't fly. You know, it's what's your vision for the project? And you doing excellent work. 
you know, whether you have 50,000 or you have 100,000 or you have, I don't know, a million dollars to do the album, doesn't matter. What matters is what's your vision for the album and you're doing great work at it. And that includes everybody in the album. Okay. That's the way I look at it. What do people misunderstand about the music world since you've been on two different sides? Say that again. I'm sorry. Actually, you've been on very different sides. What have what do people misunderstand about the music world from the songwriter point of view, from the R&B point of view, and from the jazz point of view? Hmm. I don't know how to answer that. I think um, that's based on individuals' perspective. You know, um, I can tell... Like maybe the young generation, what do they call them, Gen Zs? <laughs> I don't know their perspective about this arena called jazz, but I think um, some of them, you know, like it and some of them are like, I don't know, they want something different. Um, so I really don't know how to answer that question, to be very frank. Okay. Like I said, is your point of view on that? I can't really change your mind. Mm -mm. You know, because I've talked to people about this and I've talked to older people and younger people and everyone is given different answers. So it's like, I don't know. You know, I think it's based on the way people see the arena individually. So I can't really pinpoint and say this is a general perspective. Okay. What's your perspective about it? I'm curious. What people misunderstand about the music world? Mm-hmm. It's not that cheap. Artists make money, a lot of money. No, it's just <laughs> not cheap to produce anything. Yeah. From every genre, okay? Mm-hmm. If we go from bluegrass, you think those people learn how to pick that fast? No. If we go to pop music, do you think those music videos are cheap? No. Very, <laughs> very expensive. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> Extremely expensive. This is one guy I want him to come on. He had his own agency in Korea and he has those weird like <laughs> pop groups on. And uh -huh. he was going over how much it costs just to release one song. One single. Yes. Yeah. A single. Yeah. And thousands, I'm like, yeah, thousands. 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 It's more than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a million plus. Wow. Yeah. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> so when people don't buy it or they think that streaming it multiple times is helping them make their money back, I'm just like, you're killing the industry. No. The movies have their problems. I just make money anymore. I don't know. No, it's I mean, hard. they never really made money. There's just a small window, a period in time where they did. And I really would say from the mid-70s to the early mm. 90s. Because most of those in the 60s and the 50s, they got robbed. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you can say that. Yeah. Uh, okay. They had horrible contracts. <laughs> <laughs> they still have horrible contracts. Compared to back then? They still do. Uh, they do. Okay. That's something I'll talk to you about off the air. I think they got it better now than back then. 
Well, true, but they still have people that are signing those, you know, shabby contracts and didn't know better or whatnot the story. It's 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 rough. It's rough to be an artist. You yeah, know, that's true. I give you that. It's very, very rough. Mm. You know, you have to be strong in all, all aspects. <laughs> and then we're looking to make money. You may get some recognition. You get recognition. I wouldn't say money. Yeah. <laughs> that's not money. Yeah. Yeah. So when is your next that's album coming out, though? Well, this one just landed. I know that. So when's the next one coming out? Because I want to hear you singing original stuff. Well, I don't know. I, I'm, uh, I'm still, you know, you know, when I ha when I release an album, it's almost like it takes a whole lot out out of me. So I have to regroup myself. <laughs> maybe another two years, maybe within two years. I think that's a fair time frame. Okay. What do you think? I mean, no? it is, but I would want it sooner. <laughs> I'll see. Okay. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> so, ma'am, can you tell the people where to find you, where to find the album, how to contact you, all that oh, stuff? Oh, where to find me. Just type Doye. Everything will, I guess, pop up. My website is doyemusic.com. But if you type Doye, D-O-U-Y-E, it comes up. It's a unique name. Yes. Well, I like the name. Oh, thank you. Okay. It's a Nigerian name. Ah, uh, I know. We're not going to make fun of Nigerian people. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're good people. No, you are. I'm just not yeah. going to make fun of them today. <laughs> <laughs> so, ma'am, like I said, I'm looking forward towards the next one. Okay. Oh, thank you, thank for you so much. On. Thank you for having me. It's and, real. I appreciate you. And everyone, I really do. This is Leander from Improv Exchange. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you too. Oh, have a good night. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye bye. That's that on jazz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Improv Exchange. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Improv Exchange.